Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Monday on the Horn. It is uh, good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. Also discussing what's to come with the Horn, and uh, it's a plenty, obviously. Also plenty of moves made over the weekend. Trade deadline is tomorrow at 5 o'clock, so all eyes on uh, some big names now. We know Max Scherzer's been moved. Uh, Texas Rangers making that big, bold move on Saturday. Also, uh, Rangers acquired another starting pitcher and another bullpen arm yesterday. Uh, you know, I said all month of July, Monty. Monty Williams is hanging with us this morning with Ty Henderson. I, I felt like the Rangers would be a destination potentially, or at least a, that if Shohei Otani were made available, that the Rangers would get involved. And I still believe they would have. Uh, obviously, Shohei has been made not available, and the uh, Angels has become buyers uh, and have made a couple of trades now, including one yesterday we'll tell you about coming up in the headlines. Uh, but the Rangers have said, you know what, we're still going for it. And uh, the acquisition of Aroldis Chapman to start the month, and now Max Scherzer deal with the Cardinals yesterday, uh, and they may not be done. I don't know, you know, Chris, because the other thing we've told you, if you're, you know, not familiar with minor league baseball systems, and I can understand maybe you're not, the Rangers have a great farm system. I mean, they've got, by many rankings, the number one most fertile farm system in baseball, but a lot of those top prospects, like the one they traded for Max Scherzer, don't really have anywhere to go because... You know, Luis Angel Acuna, who happens to be the, the little brother of Ronald Acuna, who's a good prospect. Maybe will really like this this kid's potential. He's a middle infielder. And the Rangers' middle infielder is middle infield with Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, along with Ezekiel Duran. That's sad. Pretty locked up at this point. <laughs> That's sad. So you have the uh, you have the flexibility to go ahead and move a player like that. And although it's a good player, he, he wasn't going to play for you anytime soon. And if it can help you bring Max Scherzer to town, by all means. But he's he's the the player the Mets wanted. In this deal, so much so that their billionaire owner Steve Cohen is willing to spend upwards of thirty-three million dollars to offset some salary of Max Scherzer's to make this deal happen. So essentially, they're trading Scherzer for Acuna, and then here's thirty-three million dollars to help pay for it all. So the Rangers feel like that's a that's a that's a deal they have to make. But that's what happens when you have a fertile farm system. You use it as your leverage. You use it to, for what it's there for. Sure, it's to produce players of the future for you that you develop, but it's also to go get what you need at times like this. So you got till five tomorrow. What what shoe do you expect to drop between now and then? Well, the What's big the... question is um, I have. I think baseball and the industry has is: Will the Padres make their big ticket items available? I mean, that becomes the next big deal. I mean, Justin Verlander obviously is a name, and uh, you know the Astros want to be in that Justin Verlander because right before the Max Scherzer thing came down, there was talk that the Astros and Rangers were both you know trying to acquire Justin Verlander, and then all of a sudden. You know, on Friday night, Max Scherzer criticized ownership because he was openly not happy with the trade of David Robertson, their closer, to uh, you know, in a deal that was done late last week. And he, you know, Max Scherzer said, "Man, I don't have to go talk to talk to management because I don't <laughs> like this move at all." Uh, and though he was uh, yeah. summarily traded, 
Um, Max management has spoken. Management has spoken. Well, now Justin Verlander is still available, and you know he's now he's got to, much like Ver, like much like Scherzer, he would have to trade waive a no trade clause, which he likely would to go to a contender. Uh, the the Mets thing just hasn't worked out. They're paying him well, but he'll get paid well wherever he goes. And and Justin Verlander has actually been pitching better than Max Scherzer of late. He picked up his 250th career win yesterday. So Astros would like to be in that and bring him back and put him in their uniform to make another run in October. But Astros, I don't believe, if the Rangers have the best farm system, the Astros have one of the least fertile farm systems right now. So, you know, how do you get him? Especially if you're bidding against a team like Baltimore or Atlanta or the Dodgers, uh, Astros may not have the ammo to make that move uh, because it sounds like the Mets have suitors out there, and the Astros want to be one of them, but obviously it takes two to tango, and they want to, they want, they have to want what you have to offer them uh, to make that deal get done. Uh, the other big names are in San Diego where, where the Padres have underachieved this year, quite honestly, much like the Mets. Uh, they've got a big payroll, but at the same time, they're sitting there under 500. Um, they're 52 and 54. Now, they just swept the Rangers this weekend, which Rangers need to get this thing back on track. But the Padres, and they're not only are they they're, they're, they're eight games back of the Dodgers, they're five games back in the wild card, the Padres, but they're also you know, behind five different teams for the wild card. So that's that's more like eight games behind when you're, you know, five games back, but there are that many teams ahead of you for the wild card. So Padres feel like, you know, Blake Snell is a name. He beat the Rangers yesterday. Blake Snell, the left-hander, former Tampa Ray, now in San Diego. He's a name that could come available that the market would covet in a big way. Um, and they've got some other pitching that they could make available. Josh Hader, their closer. Rangers. Rangers may not be done. If Josh Hader hits the market... You know, you could see the Rangers get involved in that, and they do have the prospects to make that happen because they already have a role as Chapman. Uh, they have Will Smith closing games right now. But, um, you know, the, the the moves that they've made have allowed them – they're going to be able to likely shift Dane Dunning back into the bullpen now and let him be a middle reliever. I think if Josh Hader hits the market, he will have a lot of interest too. So those are the biggest, name, big, biggest names right now. What if What about Martin Perez? The projections I've been seeing, it's him, him also falling out of the rotation. Potentially. Potentially. Look, you're trying to put together a rotation that can get you there, but then excel when you get there. But how often do you have a start, like a, a bona fide starter like Martin Perez just go into the bullpen? Would that be too weird of a transition for him? Because obviously well, that's I mean, not a guy that's going to be, you're going to send down to AAA. Well, listen, when you went out and acquired, I mean, the Rangers, remember, in the offseason, acquired pretty much a, a pitching staff. <laughs> uh, start, I mean, they went out and signed Jacob deGrom, Nathan Eovaldi, Andrew Heaney. I mean, they went out and added. Uh, who's the other one that they well they the year before they had brought in John Gray, so in two off seasons you brought in four of your five. The only one left was Martin Perez. Well, if you go out over the weekend and acquire two more starters, you know you only lost one to injury right now, and that's Jacob Degrom. So essentially, someone's got to be out. <laughs> you only have five spots now. You could do like the Astros did at times last year and run six starters out there, and have a six man rotation to kind of keep everybody a little for, a little fresher. But obviously, when you get to to October. You're going to cut that back to about a three-man rotation. And in the Rangers, best-case scenario, they would have a healthy Nathan Evaldi, who, of course, has been bumped on a couple of starts here right now because of a, of a fatigued arm, they're calling it. But you hope it's not anything more serious. Uh, because if you get to the playoffs of the Rangers and you've got Nathan Evaldi, who was an all-star and 11-game winner, Max Scherzer, uh, the kid they just acquired from St. Louis, you're, you're in a pretty good spot. You're in a pretty good spot. Plus, you you know, is it John Gray that's going to get that start in the playoffs? Is it the new kid from St. Louis? Is it uh, you know Martin Perez? Then you have options to decide, and then those guys can can fall into your bullpen 
uh, to give you some depth there. So I like what the Rangers are doing. They're certainly going for it right now. Uh, so let's get you caught up. Let's give you the news on that, that Cardinals trade that came down late yesterday. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. And, yeah, so uh, Rangers get swept in San Diego. Their lead over Houston in the LOS is now just a game. Astros didn't have a great weekend on the field either. They lost two out of three to Tampa, but just a game back of the Rangers now. Uh, off the fields where the Rangers made the moves. They, as we said, acquired Max Scherzer from the New York Mets for the top infield prospect Luis Angel Acuna. Then yesterday, the Rays general, uh, Rangers general manager Chris Young did it again, acquiring left-handed starting pitcher Jordan Montgomery and left-handed reliever Chris Stratton from the St. Louis Cardinals for three more of those prospects. Astros did make a move on Friday, if you missed it. They sent their AAA catching prospect Corey Lee to Chicago for right-handed reliever and former Astro Kendall Graveman helped shore up their bullpen. Toronto also made a move yesterday. They acquired the St. Louis reliever closer Jordan Hicks, the fireballer. Also, the Angels sent a pair of prospects to Colorado for outfielder Randall Gritchick. And first baseman C.J. Crone. Texas, by the way, Rangers off today, so they're going to make more moves. So they don't got to worry about a game. Uh, they'll open a series with the White Sox tomorrow night in Arlington. Houston opens a home series with Cleveland tonight. Major League Baseball's trade deadline set for 5 o'clock tomorrow. Round Rock lost El Paso 6-5. to five. Also over the weekend in soccer, Austin FC struggles against opponents outside the MLS continued. They lost to FC Juarez 3-1. to one. At Q2 Stadium, that completed a pretty miserable 0-2 showing for Austin FC in the inaugural League's Cup. They lost to, you know, both games by a total of 6-2. to That means they're out of the tournament now. They'll have plenty of time to reflect and get healthy. Their next scheduled match in the MLS, not for three weeks. College football now 32 days away from the start of the college football season. Longhorns will have their first training camp practice on Wednesday. There was news over the weekend involving Texas freshman quarterback Arch Manning. His special edition... One-of-one trading card depicting Manning was sold Saturday for $102,500 at auction by the trading card company Panini America. All those proceeds will go to the children and their families in the Central Texas area with help from St. David's Healthcare and St. David's Foundation. Dang, in stereo. Brandon Mars. Going back and what's going on back here? With purchase of select Hustler Zero Turn Mowers at Top Gun. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Thank you, Brandon Mars. Double shot power right there. Right, we're having some issues in here today. Yeah, special. Uh, how about that? 102,500. That was, remember, uh, Arch Manning, his grandfather, Archie, his namesake, has told him you can't take an NIL deal until you're the starting quarterback, which I, w- I wish, you know. Again, Arch Manning, is, his, his family's very wealthy. They don't really need NIL deals. They could. He could cash in all he wants. But I think it's pretty wise of the of the grandfather to say, look, earn the starting job, then we start doing some deals until that. But this one was one that was too good to pass up because it went to a great charity. Uh, and, you know, an Arch Manning one-of-one trading card with people projecting that down the road Arch Manning will, you know, potentially join his uncles and be a Super Bowl winner and be a great quarterback in the NFL, uh, that will be worth that card. That just helped a lot of people charitable wise will be worth a lot. A lot more than that. Yeah. Hopefully. I remember his granddad playing. I mean, I, I remember Archie Manning in college playing. Yes. Yes. Uh, against Scott Hunter and now Al- with Alabama and just the Mississippi Alabama game back in like nineteen sixty nine, sixty eight was one of the the best game it was like a you know, like a spread offense, throw the ball forty times, each team throwing the ball forty times. Crazy game. Completely out of character for a game in the late sixties. Yeah, and he was ahead of his time. And you know, poor Archie Manning got to play for the Saints. Saints and his, you know, one of the best players ever on one of the worst franchises at the time. Oh, yeah, think of, think of uh, New Orleans at the same time had had Archie Manning and Pete Maravich in basketball, <laughs> right, right there at the same time. In <laughs> well, New you know, as a love you blue Houston Oilers fan growing up, I remember the quarterback room in Houston when it was um, Oliver Luck, 
guy named Giff Nielsen and a guy named Archie Manning at the end yeah. of his career. Yeah. 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 And Gifford Nielsen went on to do local TV sports. And do you know who he was alongside when I was growing up uh, doing local Houston TV sports? Gifford Nielsen, the former Oilers quarterback. And there was another guy named Dan Patrick, ah. who happens to be the uh, lieutenant governor of the state right now. He was uh, right. he was a sports guy. That Dan Patrick yeah. was also a sports guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah he, he was radio guy. Radio. From, well, yeah, he yeah. was he was media. He did the TV, and then he opened some sports restaurants. And I remember right near our house, Dan Patrick Sports Bar and Grill opened when I, I was get, growing up. I get real confusing. Yeah, you know, now he's your because then he got then he bought some radio stations, and he then had a loud voice. And don't you know. be saying you're. Well, he is the lieutenant governor okay. of our state. Yeah, currently. Yeah. No comment from Monty. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I think you said everything you needed to. Right I think there. we said it all. We also said everything on the Rangers. Rangers going all in. I like it. What deals will get done between now and 5 o'clock tomorrow become the big question. Astros would like to be in that mix. And their general manager, Dana Brown, made it really clear that starting pitching and, um, you know, maybe another bat, but right now starting pitching is their big quest, as is uh, as it would be for all the teams. Because remember, we mentioned it a couple times, but Bears repeating, there is no lo- there is no longer a waiver trade period. Why did they do away with that, by the way? I don't know the answer to that. I know it was because fall it, Now you're locked into the to the playoffs and not even August. Well, I, 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 I'll be tomorrow. honest. I mean, I think they wanted to make the deadline more of a deadline. And, um, you know, the waiver deadline was, I mean, Justin Verlander would have never been an Astro without the waiver trade deadline period, which was, you know, the, 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 the heart, you know, the... The non-waiver deadline would end at the end of July into August, and then from August through September you could do waiver trades. But remember, when you put someone on waivers, every team in the league has a chance to claim sure. them. Uh, so you'd be careful about who you put on waivers. So that came with a risk. Uh, but usually it was a high-priced player that no one was going to claim because if you claim the player, you claim the contract back in the day. Uh, but you know the Astros acquired Justin Verlander through a waiver trade. Waivers are gone. That's over. That trade deadline is it. So, yeah, your roster after tomorrow at 5 o'clock is your roster. And so – you know, all all general managers and all managers worry about pitching depth these time of year, injuries. The Rangers are concerned about Nathan Evaldi. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and you wonder if this second trade that they made is uh, – you hope. I mean, again, I'm an Astros fan, so – but I, 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 I like Nathan Evaldi as a player, and I know he's battled some injuries when he was a Red Sox. And um, from Alvin, Texas, I hope he's not got more issues than they're saying. Uh, because if they can have him and Scherzer and Montgomery and, and the pitching staff they have, they're right there. And as I said a minute ago, they may not be done. They might still be looking for more bullpen help uh, because you, you can never have enough pitching come October. Uh, and top-end pitching, which is what you know is going to get you there when you're playing teams like Houston. The Baltimore Orioles, who look the part now, they slugged the Rangers. Uh, the, Yankees, uh, the Yankees all weekend long um, beat the heck out of them. How about the Yankees yesterday? 18 strikeouts. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Oriole pitching staff have not struck out 18 Yankees in one game since, like, the 60s. It's unbelievable uh, what's going on. This, this resurgence of the Orioles coinciding with the, uh, the fall of the Yankees uh, has been interesting to watch in Major League Baseball. But the, the Rays and the Orioles there, Rangers-Astros, because somebody's going to win the NL Central. And it's not a really, it's a really oh, a bad man. division. I, I just the can't AL believe Central. the Cardinals are in the basement. Well, no, no the AL Central and oh, the, the NL Central. Sorry. Someone's going to win that, but... They don't really look like a threat to do great things in the postseason. Houston, because of its experience and the dudes they still have there, and they're getting healthy. And then the Rangers, Orioles, Rays right now look like your your four top teams in the American League. National League is the Braves. I mean, Braves are just yeah. really, really good. The, and the Rays have the worst record in the last 25 games in the league, though. 
Well, they there. just took two out of three from Houston over the weekend, and the Astros beat them 17-4 to on Saturday, but Ranger Rays importantly won the series. They won Friday and yesterday because uh, that's where the Astros are right now, right? I mean, they yesterday they put Brandon Belak on the mound. The Brandon Belak experiment's over. Uh, he's a Triple A pitcher, and you know he had a couple of good starts in this this stretch. But the Astros need a pitcher that they can give the ball to every fifth day that they trust because Belak's not. I mean, right now you've got Framber, Valdez, you have Christian Javier, you have the godsend in J.P. France, who's a rookie right-hander who's just been what much more than you could have ever imagined. Um, but they're going to need, and and you got Hunter Brown, the young right-hander who's kind of up and down, but he's still a great young arm for you. You need that fifth guy. And that's why the Astros are in on Verlander. That's why the Astros are going to be in on some of these starting pitchers. I'm just not sure if they have the prospect ammo to make those those deals go. Uh, all right, so we'll get back into that. We'll also get back into what's coming on the radio station. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour again. We've hit it at 6.30, 7.30, and 8.30. Also, uh, we'll have some more on the Cowboys situation. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this Cowboy thing plays out. But the other NFL story of interest is how about this, Monty? Last week we talked about Sean Payton. Like completely firing bombs at New York Jets offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, the former coach. He was one year the coach in Denver. Clearly, it was a failed idea. <laughs> uh, it was not a good plan. And Nathaniel Hackett was not ready for that job. But previous to being the Denver Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett was Aaron Rodgers' quarter uh, offensive coordinator for three years in Green Bay. And so he gets the. And remember when when Nathaniel Hackett was hired by. Denver, the thought was they were going to be a team trying to go after Aaron Rodgers. And that was part of why they hired him. I mean, remember who was about to be the new head coach there was Dan Quinn. That's right. Dan Quinn was going to be the new head coach of the uh, of the Broncos it, it, by, by a lot of people's minds. But, you know, what changed? And remember, Dan Quinn came back and said, all right, uh, you know, because that, that was the job I would go after. And the idea was that, that Nathaniel Hackett was given the job because they won't, thought maybe they could get Aaron Rodgers. Instead, they got Nathaniel Hackett. The Aaron Rodgers deal didn't happen, and they traded for Russell Wilson. So that's how their offseason went. They were going to go get a veteran quarterback in Denver. They wanted Rodgers originally. Then it became Russell. Well, now Nathaniel Hackett was not ready for that job, Did a ter- built a terrible staff. As, and then Sean Payton, who's been brought in to try to revive what's left of Russell Wilson's career, last week he just went scorched earth and talked, and we read all the quotes and talked about how that was the worst coach team that's been, you know, one of the worst coach teams of all time. They didn't know what they were doing. Uh, he mentioned Nathaniel Hackett by name. <laughs> I mean, it was it was bad. And he, he did a lot of that in an effort to protect his quarterback and kind of lift his locker room, I think. Like, you know, they're not as bad as they looked last year. The coaching staff, ownership, there was a lot of reasons that they were not a good team. It wasn't just – it wasn't all on the players. And he's trying to, you know, lift this culture and get this team back to believing. Well – he now this is two things happened over the weekend. Sean Payton apologized essentially, said, "Man, I you know I regret saying a lot of that stuff." Uh, he said, "I I felt uh, for a minute I fell back into my Fox TV hat and didn't <laughs> wear my head coach's hat, which of course he did Fox TV for the years he was off, and you know analyst, you know speak your mind, you know say what you think." And he obviously I'm sure he had a meeting with the owner and uh, in Denver and probably said, "Hey, you might want to tone that down a little bit. We played the Jets Week Five. Can we?" Uh, tap the brakes on this, and he said, I, I, I shouldn't have said those things. He didn't go to the I thought I was off the record thing. He did not say that. He, he took ownership of it and said, I just I, I reverted back to my Fox days for a minute. But he said it, so it's out there. Well, so Aaron Rodgers was asked about it this weekend, of course, at New York Jets camp, and essentially said, I think Sean Payton needs to keep my coach's name out of his mouth. 
Yeah. He, I'm not saying essentially he said that. That's what he said. Yeah. He said he needs to keep my coach's name out of his mouth. And now all of a sudden this Jets-Broncos game week five has all kinds of subplots because Robert Sala was not too happy. He's the head coach of the Jets. He was not real happy with uh, the comments that were made. And, uh, yeah, so that thing is now simmering. I think the Jets are in a way better position than the Broncos are right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I think a lot of us wondered aloud when Sean Payton said those no, things. No, I like, mean, the coaching fraternity, that, that was really not coach speak at all. I mean, it was really surprising that he, that he went as far as he did, you know. Now, what do you think? Do you think Russell Wilson is going to rebound in a big way? I, I kind of have that sense. His comments were more about Russell Wilson than it was about Hackett, in, in my mind. Just him trying to prop Russell Wilson up. Yeah. It, like, was. it wasn't your it was. It wasn't all his fault. It was more of the coach than it was Russell well, Wilson. I think he could have said the same thing more tactfully, I think is the way. I mean, yeah, and you he don't could have, have to mention Hackett by name. And all he had you to say was, look, point. guys, you know, I've watched all the film. You guys watched the games last year. This wasn't all on Russell. That's all he had to say. Yeah. No, you don't have to so, mention Hackett's name. Not at all. Just, just say, you know, he went some, into what he says, like, everything will be completely different. Yeah, he went into what it was serious detail. All he had to say was, you got, and it's because especially you're, you're speaking to the media who covered the team last year. So you guys all saw these games. This wasn't all on Russell. Let's be fair about that. Then you leave it at that. Everyone can draw their own conclusion. But yeah, this got personal. And now Aaron Rodgers is going to make it personal. Uh, man, I, I, you know. We'll, well Aaron Rodgers does not pass up a chance to make it personal. I no. mean, if he if he if no. if he gets that chance, he's gonna. I mean, I think that's just the way he's wired. But I expect Russell Wilson to be better this year. I expect there to be a marked well, I think improvement. Sean Payton does too, and I think there, here's what I know: it'll be a much more well coached team with Sean Payton. Oh, Sean Payton no had Drew Brees for his most of his run there, all of his run in New Orleans. Get those bounties back where they need to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hire Greg Williams back for Bounty Gate, but yes, it'll be an improved team. And there's there's been rave reviews in Denver for Jerry Judy that the uh, the former Alabama receiver is kindly finally healthy. He's about to have a big year with Russell Wilson. Uh, they're healthy at the running back position, which they weren't last year. You know, guys on defense like Caden Stearns, the lifetime Longhorn. They think they've got a good young defense that's uh, that's emerging. Uh, so that's there. But you know, the team that I think not enough people are talking about, Monty and Ty. Because there's a lot of talk about the Jets. They're on hard knocks. They were the first team into camp. Aaron Rodgers is there now. Sean Payton is creating headlines by his comments. Cowboys, that you know, we'll tell you coming up what Jerry Jones had to say about Zach Martin. It was pretty candid. He was pretty stern and blunt that there's not much we can do. We're not paying Zach Martin. We paid him. Uh, and we, we need to – I love this quote from Jerry Jones. Talk about blunt. He's 80 years old. He's done with the, uh, the not being straightforward. He was asked about the, the holdout of Zach Martin – and he said, this is not about precedent, it's about facts. We need the money to pay Parsons. We need the money to pay Parsons. That's it. Zach, sorry, we've paid you as one of the highest paid guards for a long time. You might be a little underpaid to the market now, but sorry, we have to pay Micah, a big contract year coming up next offseason, not going there. So that's out there. But am I right about this, Ty? Because Joe Burrow got headlines. Of course, he got hurt. Turns out it's going to be good because he's got a calf strain. He should be back in a few weeks and should be good for the start of training camp. The Miami Dolphins. Why do I keep – I know they had the injury to Jalen Ramsey early, and that's a blow. I just feel like the what they accomplished in year one, to come back in year two with the same coach and add more pieces. Uh, Bradley Chubb, who they traded for from Denver last year during the year, gets a full offseason with that team. And let's keep in mind the hire that the, the Dolphins made this offseason. They hired Vic Fangio to run their defense. Now, Vic Fangio may not be a great head coach, he was, you know, he had his time in Denver. Speaking of the Broncos, that's why I bring this up. But everywhere Vic Fangio has been as the defensive coordinator, 
That defense has been really good. Look at the record. Wherever he's been, defense has been outstanding. If that defense, which they've got pieces, and I know the Jalen Ramsey injury is a blow, to go with what they've got offensively, and they're still talking to Dalvin Cook, by the way. They and the Jets look like the leading contenders for Dalvin Cook. I just think this Dolphins team has a chance to be really good. Like, really good. At quarterback? Well, two is the question. I mean, I I saw two last year and thought he'll never play again. I know. We all all saw that scene on Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, But he's gone to judo falling school. You know, Buck and I would joke about that. But he feels like he's going to be able to protect his his head area better. And he's taking some steps to do that. Time will tell. I'm just, if he's healthy. Oh. Because remember, that team last year without Tua made the playoffs and dang near beat Buffalo with a third-string quarterback. So, in Buffalo. So it's it's not just Tua. You got to keep him healthy, but their weapons are elite. They they drafted Devin A. Chain out of A and M to bring another piece of speed to that that offense. And I'm just saying Vic Fangio can be an X factor because if he because Vic Fangio to me is kind of like hiring Dan Quinn for the Cowboys. What Dan Quinn did with that defense in one short year that became a strength. If the Dolphins' defense becomes a strength on top of what they do offensively, I know Buffalo's good. I know the Jets want to be good. I know New England. By the way, you see you visited the Patriots over the weekend? My boy Zeke. Your dog's namesake. Zeke Elliott visited the New England Patriots. Wouldn't that be a nice landing spot? Because they've also talked to Dalvin Cook. Um, Dalvin Cook's still waiting on, on where he's going to sign. Uh, and it is interesting that he's talked to all the teams in that division pretty much. And it uh, looks like he may end up – and remember, Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook, is the number one running back in Buffalo. So I don't know if he's going there to play with Bro or he's going to the Jets or he's going to the Dolphins. Uh, I just – I don't know. I think the Dolphins can be sneaky, really good this year because they were pretty good last year. But your 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 question of Tua is the exact right question. They almost won a playoff game with an undrafted uh, free agent quarterback. I know yeah. they're they're better than you think. No, and, and Vic Fangio, man, that guy, he's he is a defensive coordinator's defense coordinator, uh, like that team in Miami. But the the most fun I'm having so far, early early on in the in the preseason, I'm having a a blast watching uh, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn looks like he's four foot three out there. The 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 looks like a Pac Warner player playing really high school does. football. It looks like I got a middle schooler out there, and uh, and then the other thing I don't know whether you've seen any any uh, Bijan stuff that he's oh. doing there, but the Falcons have to be thrilled with the possibilities they have with that guy. Well, they All showed, those weapons. It's, just, it's stuff we saw here for three years yeah. in Texas. And not enough of it. I mean, when, and not enough of it, you're right. But when uh, there was a play he played, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it on go viral, he juked a linebacker in coverage in a pass route, and the linebacker nearly fell down. But And he, he you know, cut up field going to the, towards the, pot, the goal line, and the quarterback overthrew him. Yeah. And he still stretched out and made like a Lynn Swan one-handed diving catch. So the juke to you know break the ankles of the linebacker to make himself wide open. This is an NFL linebacker. This isn't a college linebacker. And then the catch. I mean, that's like holy cow. Yeah. And this is why they drafted him eighth overall. He's not just a running back. Yeah, I mean, he's he he has wide receiver skills. It's it's hard to find a running back who at a dead run can catch a ball over his shoulder. Well, like the that. two guys that immediately come to mind. When you think about that historically, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson and Marshall Falk. Yeah. Marshall Falk had receiver skills. And the thing Dick Vermeil always used to say about, and Mike Martz, their offensive coordinator, when they were the greatest show on turf, and kind of like Bijan, Marshall Falk is like, he's a running back, he's a, he's a receiver, but he also thinks like a quarterback. He knows what every player on the field should be doing in real time. He's got, you know, he's got this unbelievably high-level IQ 
for the offensive side of the ball. And so he knows where everyone should be. He knows why they're running what they're running to clear coverages. Uh, and I think Bijan's got a lot of that to him. If Bijan gets close, which he has a chance to do to get to Marshall Falk, that's one of the most dynamic playmakers this league has ever seen. He was a hell of a ball player out of San Diego State. All right, we'll come back. We'll pick up some football conversation. Your thoughts on the Cowboys. Also, the Big 12, uh, making no secret. They added Colorado, and they'd like to add at least one more, maybe three. We'll get you the uh, likely candidates coming up. Also, more on uh, the, the new-look horn that is coming. We'll get you details on that coming up here on Beanie. go. Sean Payton has Aaron Rodgers' number. Go back and study the Saints games. Uh, Sean knows how to get in Aaron's head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The subplots are... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply over the place in the um, in the AFC this year. Cowboys want to be a big factor in the NFC, uh, obviously. And uh, we'll get back into Jerry Jones, at least telling his side of the Zach Martin holdout. There's not much to talk about here, guys. I'm not paying him. We've paid him for a long time. <laughs> He's not getting any more money, essentially what he said. But uh, the details to come. And so also the Big 12, uh, obviously we, we laid that out last week with the Colorado move into the Big 12 or back from the Pac-12 and just – how that you know destabilizes even further the Pac-12, and um, they're on their they're on life support at this point as a conference. As I've said all through this, the Pac-12 people said, "Well, the Pac-12 is going to go away." No, the Pac-12 will exist in some form as a name, but they're just going to be a, a group of five. They'll be the Mountain West. Yeah, they'll be a group of five conference that won't have. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what yet to be decided, and that's that's why an Arizona or an Oregon are making the decision that's now. I think all those schools since USC and UCLA shocked them with, oh my gosh, they're going to the Big Ten. I mean, more than even Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, that shocked the college football landscape even more, and even the other 10 schools in the Pac-12. But for a year now or more since that announcement was made, I think there's been a general sense in the Pac-12 that we're going to stay and do what, try to save the conference. Now that there still is an immediate rights deal in place and there's no buyout penalty for any of those schools, each of those schools is now... And I said this would happen. I said when they went to the Pac-12 media days, which they also had a gathering and a meeting of the presidents of the schools, and there wasn't a presentation on what the media package looked like, that was it. That was the final straw for a lot of schools that, okay, patience is over. We're going to go back to our campus, gather with our leadership, and figure out what's best for us. And that's at the stage we're at. Colorado was the first to jump, but conversations, now that he's got that one in the bag, Brett Yormark was heavy in with Arizona this weekend. Talking to the Wildcats, Oregon is a conversation they're having. And as we, we read the tweet from Brett McMurphy of Stadium.com, or no, ActionNetwork.com, that you know they the, the Brett Yormark and the Big 12 are planning to add one, potentially three schools for next year to replace Texas and Oklahoma. So if it's one, I would guess that's Arizona. If it's three, I think that could be Arizona, Arizona State and Utah, Utah. or Arizona, Arizona State and Oregon. Uh, McMurphy did say the second plan would be if it's just going to be one and they get told no by those Pac-12 schools or they can't work a deal that works, they will pivot back to UConn. 
and UConn could be the school. Uh, but they're going to be those in the conference who say, you know what, what about Memphis? Or what about, you know, is that the best choice UConn will become the question? That's one. That, that gets you on the East Coast. <clears throat> look, I, I, mean, think, I think there would be Big 12 unanimity to say yes to Arizona. Oh, I know no there question. I know there would for Oregon. Uh, and obviously they would say yes to Arizona and Arizona State. I don't know if there would be conference-wide agreement on UConn. Uh, and that's you got to have the votes, right? If you're Brett Yormark, you can want that to happen, but if you can't get the votes, you can't do that. Are we are we sure that UConn would want to leave the Big East for basketball? I mean, that's probably what the, the, the that's a top three. Conference. They would want to leave it for football and basketball. They would bring their basketball as leverage with hope that their football would grow because their football's independent right now. Uh, yes, and so with with Jim Moore Jr., they could grow the football, but the basketball immediately adds more gravity to the Big Twelve. So. That's where that stands. We'll keep you posted. I would expect uh, maybe some more announcements here in the next 10 days. Did you? Did I get that straight, though, that you said you thought that USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten was a bigger story than Texas and Oklahoma? I think Oklahoma. a bigger surprise. Bigger surprise. Yes. Not a bigger, bigger story. story. Not a bigger story, but I think bigger, bigger surprise. I think Oklahoma and UT going to the SEC is a bigger story. Sure. Because the programs are more impactful. Yeah. Um, I mean, UCLA football is kind of nearly weak. irrelevant. Well, but they are hoping to jump back with $100 million annually into the covers. Uh, but they're going to come with a lot of travel. I know that. But, yeah, no, I just think a more surprising story. No, I, it, I, I mean, the Texas-Oklahoma thing was surprising, but those two schools have been pondering well, I, moves for a while. Yeah, uh, but but you, you've you always made the point that one thing that's kind of a dream for a conference is to be in every time zone. Yeah. You know, and well, I, they, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, obviously. Well, that's got, the dream for TV networks. And so that becomes well, your dream. The, yeah, that I mean, becomes I was your dream. Say, that's kind of like you know. <laughs> that becomes your dream because the, they'll give you more money. Distinction without a difference, or a difference without. Yes, a exactly, and that's that. the dream, and and that's that's the Pac-12's problem. They live in one time zone. Yeah, and, and they, they can't expand east. I mean, they can expand well, how far they, they expand could've. east. Colorado, that well, was well, it. And then the shame if you're a Pac-12 fan, your conference leadership lets you down when. Texas and Oklahoma made the call. USC, USC made the call. And they weren't more aggressive coming into Texas and trying to bring in schools like TCU and bring in Oklahoma State and bring in Baylor. Because you could have – the same thing that's about to happen to the Pac-12, they could have done to the Big Ten or to the Big 12. They could have done the exact same thing had they been aggressive. You don't think when 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 it was perilous after Texas and Oklahoma left that they wouldn't have jumped in, that Texas Tech wouldn't have listened, that TCU wouldn't have listened in the Metroplex? Uh, Of course they would have. Uh, and you could have then expanded your footprint into the central time zone. And, you know, everything that Texas is looking or the Big 12 is looking to do, do going west and east, they could have done. They didn't. And they stayed a, a West Coast league, and that's going to be their demise when it's all said and done. I had a guy stop me in a store with a crazy story that now Texas is thinking about whether they want to go into the SEC because now all the road games, you know, now that now that Colorado's in the Big 12, the 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 the, the traveling the horns traveling will be so much worse in the in the in the in the uh, SEC than it would have been adding Boulder and uh, if they add you know Arizona, Arizona. Well, or look, something. Well, there'll be some that would say Eugene. Well, there would be some Longhorn fans I think who would still say you know if we had been more aggressive before this, not us, but the conference with Bob Bowlesby to go add some of these schools that maybe Texas doesn't isn't so quick to jump to the SEC. I think that's where Jay Hartzell. Um, I think that's where Crystal Conti. I think everyone looks at it big picture and says that's the place to be for our, all of our athletic programs, not just football. Because for a long time, when Texas with the, with the leadership was the Lost Dodds and Bill Powers and you know, the move that almost became the Pac-16 back in 2010, 
there was the push of, you know, educationally we align better with the Pac-12. Sure. As a university, we align with Cal. We align with UCLA. We want to align with school Stanford. I always thought UT was a better match culturally with the Pac-12 but, than the SEC. And and so, you know, come on, it was almost looking down on the SEC and their education, which, you know, you can do. Same time, Jay Hartzell from the business school, uh, you know, Kevin Eltife. No, no, we're going to the SEC. We'll, we'll, we'll be... We'll be we'll be good. So look, those are those are decisions that your conference and your school leadership make, and uh, time will tell if it was the right decision or not. Texas uh, it feels like they're heading a good direction in their final year in the Big Twelve Conference. All right, one more time, real quick. Um, we mentioned it at six thirty and seven thirty. Bears repeating again the, the things we can tell you about the future of the Horn. Uh, we'll have a little more expanded conversation about it in our nine o'clock hour coming up. But uh, as of next Monday, uh, on this radio station. Well, I should say on the if you're listening to this radio station on 1049 FM right now and that's your exclusive way of finding the horn because the horn is not 1049. The horn is 1049 1019 AM 1260. You can also find the programming of the horn on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. We've always are clear to say that. But if you listen to this show and this programming through 1049, you're going to have to make a change uh, to how you consume the programs that we're going to have. Uh, 104.9 is not going to exist as a sports format as of Wednesday. And I'm being, I'm being told maybe sooner, but uh, hopefully for today and tomorrow we're good. But 104.9, as we said, has been part of a, has been purchased. Uh, it's, a, it's a deal. Uh, done. Uh, 105.3, a signal that our radio company owns as well, has been sold. So those two will no longer be part of our, our broadcasting reach. So 104.9 changes. So the, the immediate call to action for you is to download the Horn app if you haven't already and have it ready to go. Or find AM 1260 on your AM dial and have that ready to go. And 101.9 FM, if you're able to bring that through your radio, you'll be able to hear the programs of the horn moving forward after Tuesday. Uh, The other announcement we can make is that starting the 7th, August the 7th, I will be doing a show each morning from 6 o'clock until 11 o'clock with my good friend Rod Babers, uh, who is currently one of the co-hosts of the afternoon show, Ball Don't Lie. Rod will be with me. Ty Henderson will be our producer. And that will be a five-hour show each and every morning on the horn without 104.9. Everywhere else, that's where you'll find it. Twitch channels, YouTube, however you currently consume the horn, if it's not on 104.9, you'll still be there. And we will be doing that show. There will also be an afternoon show on the horn that is, uh, I'm sure you'll hear more about this afternoon if you tune in between uh, 3 and 7. There'll be more on that show, which will be between 5 and 7 in the afternoon. So we'll have seven hours of local programming every single day. Those are things we know and can tell you as of this Monday. And um, you know, everything else that has gone on this month, I think you, you, a lot of people have, you know, there's a staff reduction happening. Our local content between uh, 11 or 10 a.m. right now and, um, you know, 5 p.m. will be national syndicated programming uh, as part of the, uh, the course correction our, our owners are making. You're going from 13 hours weekdays, 13 hours of local programming per day to seven. But for those people who go, well, I fit right in that slot. I listen to uh, I listen to the horn on 104.9, and now that's going away. If you turn right now your radio to 1260, here we still are, and that's where it will continue to be. Yeah. And but but download that app. That app will work in Timbuktu just as well as it you know, will that, in Ramrod. That's going to be the help. And, and I think that, 
Now, we'll change some habits and listening patterns, and I get it. I'm, I'm a longtime radio listener myself, and you're just used to getting your car, oh, and, and this, it's on yeah. the radio. It's and your number one the program. And, There's no way around that. There's you know. just no way around that, that you're going to miss people. Yes. And it's I already do. And, I mean, that's uh, – I appreciate you being here this morning, but obviously Bucky had his last show on Friday. Oh, it, it, uh, He's part of that. And it feels bad to be – I mean, I, I always have a great time doing this with you, but it feels bad to be here under these conditions just because, I, I mean, well, you know. let me say, I mean uh, – you know, I you know behind the curtain. You know, at one point in July, we were all let go, and the idea was it was all going to be turned off. But that changed pretty quickly because the Horn is still a great brand. The Horn is still a sellable brand in the market. The Horn still means sports and local sports in Austin. And but as I've said a lot, you know, we are a locally owned company, and you can complain about management and how we've been run. That's fair. Um, they wouldn't deny that there's been some some things made, but at the same time. We were spending more money on a monthly basis than we were making. COVID hurt you guys bad. I mean, that knowing, did. being a little closer than the average listener, I, I know that COVID hit you guys really hard. Really hard. And part Wasn't of the, it? look, there's a reason they're selling 1049 and 105.3. That shouldn't be lost on people. That, that's a cash transaction. Uh, we're making money, and that's going to help, you know, stabilize some things. But, yes, we're going to have to have our listeners who want to find the programming. We're going to be able to put out, uh, download that app or find 1260, or whatever it means. And it will be, again, what I think, you know, had an unbelievable run with Bucky and, you know, would have hoped to have been been able to keep doing that. But that was beyond my control and something I had any say over. Uh, but to be able to do a show with Rod moving forward for five hours every morning, I think is going to be a really, really high-quality product. And we're looking forward to doing it. And it'll be the only Local sports conversation in the mornings here in this market are really all over. If you want good Longhorn content on the radio or, or on the media side, you're not going to get it many other places uh, between 6 and 11 in the morning. So That's an important uh, distinction, too. Sure you won't get the games here, but, but you won't get the talk about the games there. Correct. You know, it'll only be here. Uh, can you reprogram your car radio buttons? But FF, just use the app. That's right. Just use the app. And, and that I, I, again, it's free. We have no subscription fee. There's no – also, I know there's no sign-up. Like, you don't have to go through a long no. process to sign up for the app. You download it, you push a button, and it's, it's on. It's and I, and I also know there's some improvements in the works to try to, stream, for the app? to streamline it a little bit. So Well, and, and it's getting streamlined on our app because we're no longer no, the rights holder for UT Sports. So all that can come off. And obviously, we are, our high school – a lot of people have asked about the Flex brand, and that's fair. Um, you know – you know, Flex was something we put into play last year to try to generate new revenue, which is what the station was trying to do. And we it did, you know, the audience loved it, but there wasn't as much revenue generated as we had hoped or they had hoped. And so, you know, it's going to be scaled back. Now, we are still going to have a high school presence on Friday nights. Uh, we'll have more on that coming up. But obviously, the manpower it took, we talk about spending more than you're making. The manpower it took to do the Flex oh, thing yeah. was a lot. You were throwing six, seven staffers at that every Friday night. <laughs> yeah. And so that that's we, we we were proud of what we delivered for that brand and for Flex. But at the same time, it's not sustainable with the staff that we're going to keep around. And it's a very slim group. Uh, Rod and I will be here every morning, though, with, with Ty for five hours, talking sports, talking Longhorns, getting you ready for the season and then throughout the season. And we're excited about that opportunity. I think you're going to really like the afternoon uh, you know, local show and, you know, Jim Rome, Rich Eisen, two national prominent voices. And, uh, you know, Jim Rome is, we led into Jim Rome for a long time. Bucky and I did over at the zone and, uh, he'll be back and Rich Eisen will be back. We will have be your home for the Rangers on uh, most nights when the Rangers are playing a ball game, high school football on Friday night. Uh, as I've said, we, we plan to give live coverage of 
the Longhorn games on game day. We just haven't worked out what that's going to be just yet. That will be determined, but obviously lock it in starting next Monday, and we'll keep you posted as we develop that plan and uh, the rest of the plans for, for growth beyond that. But it's to stabilize, you know, try to get the ledger back in order a little bit and go from there. And as I said, I'm, I, I know Rod, both Rod and I did extensive conversations, had extensive conversations with our board and our ownership just to make sure because we had to decide if this is something we you know, wanted to pursue. Um, same time, uh, we are and we'll be here. So excited about that. We'll come back. Uh, when we do, we'll take your thoughts and questions on that. Also, a little salacious gossip from your weekend. Uh, no more Blitz. Blitz is no longer. That uh, would be I'm disrespectful at this point. We're not doing that. But we will have some salacious gossip. Also, more on uh, the coming changes. Welcome to the elevator, Monty. Smooth jazz on the elevator to the top floor. That's where we are, but it's time right now on a good, bad, and ugly Monday for Salacious Gossip. Where you get that from? Did Tawana tell you that? Did Tawana tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? All right, Salacious Gossip brought to you by the Icy Cold Bud Lights. Hope you had a great Bud Light weekend. It was certainly hot enough. The records continue to be set for heat and number of heat days. Actually, we had a day on Saturday where it was only 99. It was only 99, Monty. That's, uh, I don't, and you know what? It actually, you can tell. You can oh, yeah. T- I've been flying to Florida for the cool weather. I mean, it, it's... <laughs> well, I talked to my buddy Charlie Wilson over at uh, Callahan's General Store. Made a stop in there to get some uh, stuff to keep the armadillos out of the gardens. Uh, Callahan's General Store, which you all should do. Uh, you know how you do that? You put some cedar down, and then you can put this... Uh, kind of a barrier that is uh, yeah. urine, like different animal, like predator urine, and keep your your armadillos, because the, the armadillos are coming to your gardens and grass because they want the grub worms. So you got to do two things. you got to kill the grub worms with cedar. You do a nice little cedar spread, but then you have to, in the meantime, you got to keep them out of there, and that's what that does. They get scared. They come rolling in there and it smells like a coyote or something, and they're like, cool, hightail. Will, so, will, will human urine work? No, I don't think you can just pee in the yard. No, that's not going to work. You're not a natural predator. Can I do predator. it anyway? And you can. Okay. It's your land. You can do what you want. <laughs> but I um, I went by there and I talked to Charlie. He had been up in uh, Northern California. And he said it was 99 degrees up there, too. Like he's like, man, I thought we were getting to get out there for some... That's where he originally was born. And so he's up there in Northern California. And it's like 99. He's like, wasn't any better. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we... I'm- I grew up in the Midwest in in my little hometown uh, a couple days ago. It's 107. That's not that's not normal Illinois weather. Yeah. By the way, if you we'll get into this coming up in the NFL. This Jonathan Taylor versus Jim Ursay thing. The owner of that team, Jim Ursay, might just need to stay off Twitter. That's it's probably not a good place for him. I'm just going to say that. But uh, we'll get into that coming up along with the Cowboys. More on the radio station and what's happening as we get this thing rolling. But. Uh, Salacious gossip. Today is National Avocado Day. We're all thumbs up. You have a favorite avocado dish, Ty? You're the food uh, you like to eat. I don't like avocados by themselves. I, I love guacamole, though. Oh, man. A, gu- a little guacamole and some queso. Oh. Ground beef. Oh. Pico de gallo. Mm. It's so good for you, too. Well, and I think so avocado, avocado toast outside of Texas is the most hilarious concept I've ever heard of. To, you know... Put avocado, smash an avocado, put it on a piece of bread, and charge you twenty six bucks for it. That's I, a, that's a big thing these days. Oh no! Recently, social media. Oh yeah, no, no. Avocado toast has become its own kind of cultural touchstone. But uh, what does I that love mean? Avocado. What is why, what, why is that? 
Oh, it's just been so it's it's so emblematic of something that's kind of considered, you know, uh, uh, it goes right along with the, the yoga. Movement. Yeah, it's like, like lefty, just, you know, oh, it's kind it of lefty stuff. Oh, like yeah. Everything's political. Avocado toast is, has taken on a political valence. Mm-hmm. To me, though, it is incredible. They charge like, you know, over 20 bucks for some avocado smeared on a piece of toasted bread. You need to get in that business. You know, while Monty is here, we always have to ask. It doesn't have to be in Salacious Gossip, but it's a good enough place to do it. The I know you're in the middle of production of a big new project that you've been working on, the Florida Project, I call it. But is there anything else you've been listening to or seeing or watching of late that you are really into? You know, just a, a lot of YouTube stuff. I, I've, I've, I've really begun to look at a lot of different YouTube channels, especially those that deal with science. And uh, I just YouTube is just such a marvelous thing. Man, it's a marvelous thing. But as far as your, uh, as far as your, I know you're doing Peaky Blinders now, which I've heard good things about. Uh, I'm just keeping keeping up to date with uh, uh, with uh, on cinema at the cinema. That's like my that. that's my favorite. Uh, with uh, I have watched it. And thank Heidecker. you to all the uh, texters who recommended Peaky Blinders. We talked last week a lot about Oppenheimer and Killian Murphy, the lead of Oppenheimer, who also I'm going the lead Thursday. In... Bought my tickets for Thursday. IMAX? Yep. Awesome. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. But uh, uh, Killian Murphy's great. And so I, I started Peaky Blinders just because I got so much, hey, you have to watch it, Ian. It's good. It's really good. I think I've done two full seasons now. It is uh, it's a good show. Pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you to everybody. Also, this is Bob Armstrong at Matt's El Rancho. Yeah, that's... What, do we know who that's who, who's Bob Armstrong? He oh he's former politician, former uh, okay. he was the land commissioner. Okay, I knew it was named after somebody. I just wasn't sure. I think he was the I think he was the land commissioner. Because I've had that at Matchell Rancho. It's a wonderful thing, um, but you know I, I'm sure he was a frequent consumer. I, I would imagine so. Maybe hey, they'll name a dish after me one day. Hey, by the way, I thought about doing this, but I didn't make it out. Saxon Pub yesterday, down a little bit further from uh, Matchell Rancho, down Lamar to the north. Had a 70th and a birthday party for Joe Abel's, their longtime owner, Saxon Pub. And do you see who showed up and did a set? I have Ron White. Ron White ah, showed up. So dis- I saw Shuley post that on Ron Instagram. White, the uh, the comedian, showed up and did a little quick impromptu set. As did a lot of uh, lo- anybody that's that's played the Saxon Pub and maybe gotten their start. Like Parker McCollum, the uh, young emerging country star, always says he you know his first gig was at Saxon Pub. And there's a lot of people that can say that. It's been an incubator of a lot of uh, great young talent that has become big-time talent. So happy birthday to Joe Abels. Uh, they had a big event for him yesterday at Saxon Pub. Cool spot, no doubt about that. All right, there's some salacious gossip. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, no more Blitz, of course, and I know there's already callers online, but that was a uh, – look, the bu- the Blitz was a Bucky Blitz. Oh, and, you can't. Um, I, I agree with you. Disrespectful is the perfect word to use. It would be disrespectful to keep doing the Blitz. Yeah, without a doubt. And that you, it started way back with he and I as the Bucky Blitz. And it came the Bucky and E Blitz. And, uh, I don't think you, know, you should say buck off and buck on anymore. That will either. not happen. That Good. will not happen. We will still encourage you to get out to the Austin Wranglers event coming up uh, with real bucking off and, and real bull riding in about three weeks out at uh, uh, Moody Center. But, yes, uh, the buck off Thursday will not be carrying. And that's, you know, not, not going to do that. Out of respect. We will not be doing that. All right. Well, there will be some things on this show that will that you're used to that will remain, and there will be some things that Rod does on his show now, that like Rod's rant I of the day. I love Rod's rant. Rod's rant of the day will be a f- staple. And, you know, there are some things we Even sure, Rod's rant is well-researched. <laughs> we, will, we will have fun with that. Can't wait to uh, learn from Rod and uh, like vice versa. We're going to have a lot of fun with Ty at the controls in there. We'll come back. We'll pick up the 9 o'clock hour, try to answer those questions, and um, you know, give you the – 
clear, clearest picture we can of where we are, where it's going, and uh, so you know the sadness that we've had all month long for a lot of our great people here. Had another round of people let go on Friday, unfortunately, and that's just uh, it's really unfortunate. But it is uh, part of the deal, I guess. It's B and E on the horn.